Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. family. Y'all are very blessed to have the pastoral family that y'all have. I say it all the time. May the Lord bless him and may the Lord bless you, church. And I'm so thankful to have my husband here with me also. He wasn't going to come. He was going to stay with my daughter today, but they changed the time for her registration to four o'clock this afternoon. So he said, honey, I'm going to go with you. I'm like, well, that would be awesome. So he came with me this morning, and I'm very thankful for that. We have been doing ministry for 22 years. Now, I know we don't look that old. We're not as, long, we're not as young as we look, I guess, since we just did drop both of our kids off at college. And I guess it's a good thing that we like each other so much, since we will be doing ministry for the rest of our lives together. Um, but I'm thankful for everything that God is doing in our lives. And I'm thankful for what God is doing here at Landmark. And I do feel that I have a word from God for us today. So if we could stand to our feet. And if we could go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I'll be reading from verses 1 through 9. And I'll be reading from the International Standard Version of the Bible. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. I feel the power of God in this place. I know that it has been mentioned several times behind the pulpit today. And I also agree that the Lord will do miracles in this place before we leave. And I also believe that the Lord will do a profound work in many of our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits before we leave this place. The Word of God says, Later on there was another festival of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem is a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew. It has five colonnades. And under these a large number of sick people were lying, blind, lame, or paralyzed waiting for the movement of the water. At certain times, an angel of the Lord would go down into the pool and stir up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. One particular man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I don't have anyone to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. When I'm trying to get there, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. The man immediately became well and he picked up his mat and started walking. Now that day was a Sabbath. At times it becomes easy to grow dependent on what we cannot control in our lives. We find it tempting to view life as unfair. 
and to feel like a victim of our circumstances. It becomes convenient to stay put instead of stepping out in faith. Yet if we want to break our cycle of dependency and eliminate our excuses, we have to be willing to accept all that God has for us. Our tendency for dependency is nothing new. Throughout his public ministry, Jesus encountered people who often felt trapped by their circumstances or limited by their wounds. He frequently healed people suffering from physical, mental, and spiritual maladies. With his love, power, and grace, Jesus exploded their excuses and ignited their initiative to live by faith and not by sight. We find Jesus' encounter with this man who could not walk brief and dramatic. And today I would like to preach with the title, Sitting at the Edge of Destiny. If we could put our Bibles to one side and if we could pray. If we could lose the gift of faith in this place. If we could lose miracles, signs, and wonders, knowing that God is going to do something extraordinary before we leave this building. In the precious name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you open our minds, our hearts, and our spirits so that we can understand and we can receive your word today. I ask you, God, that you lose your gift of faith, knowing that whenever there is faith, absolutely anything can happen. We lose miracles, signs, and wonders, God, knowing that you have already prepared this atmosphere, that you are already walking, God, amongst us. We lose angels, God, in this place, knowing that there are people that have needs. And Jesus, we ask that you allow them to begin to minister even now. We ask you, Jesus, that you do something supernatural, that you begin to move, God, in an unprecedented manner. Your people are waiting, God, and we know that when your people are waiting that you don't leave us alone, that you are always here, God, that you have your hands extended. We are, God, a people of faith, and we have this faith today, and we are trusting and we are depending on you. I ask you, Lord, that you do a profound work because, Jesus, we need it today. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. First, let's note the scene. This is a story that most of us know very well. Located near the entrance to the temple in Jerusalem is a pool at Bethesda. And it likely served as a public bath for those to cleanse and refresh themselves before going to offer their offering to God in worship. Knowing that many had been healed of their infirmities when entering the pool, after an angel had troubled the waters, there was likely always a crowd that frequented the site. Imagine the scene, suffering and pain all around, broken limbs, disfigured bodies, groans of discomfort, cries for help, 
Everyone waiting and hoping. Desperate to be the first one as they glimpse the surface shuddering with motion. From the invisible angel gracing the pool with its presence. Then imagine one lone individual. He was a regular at the pool. Amongst the blind, the lame, the deaf. There was the man that had not been able to walk for 38 years. More than the span of a generation. It must have been torture lying there. So close to an opportunity for healing. But so ironically prevented from grasping it by the very infirmity that racked his body. The physical ailment for which he desired healing from kept him from the wellness right in front of him. So close at the edge of a miracle, yet so far away. Then Jesus steps onto the scene. It's one of my favorite parts of the story. Jesus saw him. Jesus knew his infirmity. He knew his dilemma. He knew everything about the man. Yet when he looked at him, the first thing that he asked him is, Do you want to get well? Of all the things the man could have expected to come out of the mouth of the person in front of him, I am almost positive it would never have been this question. Why else would he be lying on the ground around the wounded, the hurting, and the suffering people? Didn't everyone gather around the pool of Bethesda because they wanted to get well? It makes one stop and wonder, why in the world would an omniscient, all-knowing, and an omnipotent, all-powerful Jesus ask this poor, suffering man such a question? Was it because he was being cruel? What was Jesus trying to accomplish here? What was his motive in taking this approach with this man and his affliction? Could it be that Jesus viewed the paralyzed man's attitude as more pivotal to his healing than whether or not he could reach the pool? This man had been unable to walk for almost Four decades. But based on the master's question to him, we must wonder if the obvious problem was not necessary, not necessarily the real problem hindering this man's recovery and healing. He responded to Jesus, not by describing his condition, not by describing the cause of it, but instead indicated the reasons for his inability to experience his healing. He said, Sir, I have no one to help me to get into the water before someone helps me because someone else beats me to it. He said, I'm too slow. I cannot rush ahead before someone else gets into the water. He said, Everyone else gets in before I can get into it. You see, the man's reply proves just as fascinating as Jesus' question to him. Paralyzed and all alone, this man thought that above all, 
He needed someone else's help for him to get to the pool before the angelically stirred water settled and lost their healing power. Isn't it curious that he didn't ask Jesus to help him to get into the pool? Instead, he described his situation, emphasizing his inability to be healed the way he saw it. He would never be healed on his own. Even though he had made it to the edge of the pool, there was no way that he could be healed unless there was somebody else that could help him to get into the water. You see, he was paralyzed in a painful, emotional purgatory. He could see the means of his restoration. He just couldn't reach it. He had resigned himself to live a life where what he desired most could be seen, but it could never be attained. He had given up, he had given up on the miracle he saw others experiencing. He was stuck with no hope of becoming unstuck. Many times we make our lives conditional on something just out of reach. We become dependent on other people. We become dependent on uncontrollable events on our lives. We become dependent on different circumstances because we feel powerless and we feel that we cannot change it. We watch others get what we want to have. We see others go where we want to go. We see others experience what we long to do. We remain paralyzed and watch as others experience the joy we wish that we could have. We see others attain what we so desperately wish that we could have. We see others get to where we want to go to. And we stay stuck at the edge waiting to see what's going to happen. Instead of taking one more step to where God wants for us to get to. Jesus knew that this man could not be truly healed until he let go of the preoccupation that had defined him for the previous 38 years of his life. He understood how this painful condition had become the center of the man's identity. The fact that we do not know his name and that he is identified only as an invalid, lets us know this. And now I ask you, what have you allowed to define you? What limp, injury, disease, sin, temptation do you carry in your soul, even though your body has recovered from your wounds? How do you answer Jesus' question to you today? Do you want to get well? Before you answer with an automatic affirmative, I challenge you to stop and think about what you know to be true. Based on how you have lived your life until this moment. Jesus offers the same healing he gifted to the man that day at the pool of Bethesda. The question is, will you do anything necessary to receive what God wants to give to you today? Will you choose to pick up your mat and walk? Or will you continue to wait on someone else to pick you up and carry you on their back 
and carry you to the miracle that you so desperately need in your life. If we genuinely desire wellness, and I'm speaking of health and wholeness in all areas of our life, I'm speaking about physical, mental, and emotional, and spiritual wellness, we must be willing to let go of labels that have labeled us for so long. Labels that we have allowed to define us for so long. Labels that we have been carrying for so many years. We must move beyond the barriers that have limited us to this day. That limited us and that limits us each and every day. You must choose to stop seeing yourself as a victim of your circumstance and instead see your circumstances as subject to the authority and healing power of Jesus Christ. We are victors, not victims. Let me say that one more time. We are victors, not victims. We have the gift but many times we don't want to open it. We have the power, but many times we don't want to welcome it. We have our miracle, but many times we don't know how to move forward after being paralyzed by dependency for so long. We all suffer from paralysis, perhaps not physical, but spiritual, emotional, financial, or relational. There are some in this place that have lost their mobility and motivation for taking action. Disappointed by other people, disappointed by circumstances. And perhaps the consequences of your own life choices, you struggle with paralyzed dreams. So many factors can deaden the nerves in our soul to the point where we lose feeling in our lives. We lose our sense of spiritual balance and our ability to trust God. As we try to step out in faith. Anybody can stand behind this pulpit. All of us can time after time. And we can say step out in faith and receive your miracle. And we can waste our breath and we can say it minute after minute. But until you really can get it in your soul. Until you can really set some things aside. And truly step out in faith. That is the point that you will truly receive the miracle that God so desperately wants for you to receive in your life. But many things plague us. Sin, failure, fear, your past, shame, self-condemnation, self-pity, poverty, abuse, broken relationships, unforgiveness unbelief we become paralyzed paralyzed by others opinions of us paralyzed by what others say about us paralyzed by the constant need to be affirmed and validated paralyzed by fear both by what we see in the outside world and what we see when we look inside our own hearts Paralyzed integrity, paralyzed faith, paralyzed destiny, paralyzed careers, 
paralyzed relationships, paralyzed ministries, the enemy of grace, truth, and love desires to paralyze your future through definitions and descriptors, descriptors assigned to you that do not line up with God's prophetic destiny and purpose for your life. The enemy comes and whispers in your ear and tries to lie to you, tries to tell you that you cannot become the person that God wants for you to be. He comes and reminds you of the things that you have done. Self-condemnation comes into your life. And you begin to look in the mirror and you say, How can God use me? Look at what I have done. Look at where I am at right now. And when God comes to try and use you, when God comes to try and take you to your miracle, instead of walking into your miracle, you stay sitting at the edge, waiting for someone to carry you into the waters. Every time that the waters are stirred in service, you stay sitting and waiting for someone to call you out when all you got to do is take a step of faith because Jesus is calling your name saying, do you want what I have for you? All you got to do is receive it. The enemy would paralyze you. And he will if you do not have certainty of who you are. You must ask yourself these critical questions. Who am I? Am I defined by my past? Am I defined by my circumstances? Am I defined by what people say about me? I have great news. Once you have been washed by His blood, once you have been filled with His Spirit, He is the only one that defines you. The things that surround you do not define you. God's Spirit inside you defines you. Your circumstances do not define you. His covenant defines you. The hell you are going through does not define you. The heaven that is promised to you is what defines you. Your failures do not define you. His forgiveness is what defines you today. What you do for God does not define you. What God already did for you through the cross, through the empty tomb and through the upper room, His blood, His word is what defines you today. Galatians 2 and 20 is what defines you. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and Himself for me. Who are we? Who are we today, church? You are the light of the world. You are the city on a hill. We are the people of the Word. We are the salt and the light. 
We are prophetic and we're not pathetic. We are disciples and we are witnesses. We are evangelists and prophets. We are teachers and ministers. We are children of the cross. We are fruit of the empty tomb and a product of the upper room. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We are sheep of His pasture. We are forgiven. We are free and we are favored. We are called and we are chosen. We are warriors and we are worshipers. We are the righteousness of God. We are radical. We are world changers and we are history makers. But many times we want healing. But we all want it on our own terms. Yes, Lord, I want to be well as long as I do not experience too much pain. As long as the price isn't too much, I want to be well. But I really don't want to face the uncertainty of change. Healing and miracles might not necessarily be offered on our own terms. If they were, many of us would always be waiting on someone to carry us to our miracle. Instead of accepting the miracle, Jesus offers us right where we are. I love that the paralyzed man did exactly what Jesus asked him to do and immediately and instantaneously experienced complete healing after 38 years. Atrophied muscles tingled with strength and twisted tendons. The man stood and realized he did not need anyone to carry him anywhere. Jesus offered healing with no strings, no contingencies, and no rituals. The man could have responded to Jesus' command to stand with sarcasm, bitterness, anger, and fear. But this man wanted to get well no matter what it cost him. He instantly let go of his excuses, his past, and the identity tied to his condition. And he stood on his own two feet. He picked up his mat and took that first step. And then he took another and another and another. In doing so, he broke the cycle of dependency that had left him lying. Continually on the edge of a miracle. But never in its embrace. In this amazing scene, we witness a paradigm for moving from dependency and paralysis to independence and mobility. This man assumed he could never do what needed to be done and never attain what he seemingly longed for. Year after year, he must have sunk deeper and deeper into a mire of emotions, fear, self-pity, hopelessness, and despair. He depended on for his breakthrough. He depended on others for his healing. He depended on others for his miracle. But then he encountered Jesus. And my friends, when we encountered Jesus, you don't have to be waiting for anyone else. You don't have to wait on the pastor. You don't have to wait on the pastor's wife. You don't have to wait on the music. You don't have to wait for that one special moment when that special song starts being sung. You don't have to wait for that moment in service when everything's just right. When Jesus walks into the room, that's when things begin to change. When Jesus walks in and he touches your heart, 
that's when you know that it really doesn't matter what's going on on the outside or what's going on on the inside when Jesus steps in that's when you know that everything you've been carrying for so long you can leave it to one side and you can step into what God has been calling you to for so long you see there's so many in this place that have such great destinies they go so much more beyond the physical miracle they go so much more beyond what your mind could even consider but for so long you've just been waiting for other people to you've been waiting for everyone to take you to the place that you need to get to but if you could see that Jesus is standing before you today asking, do you really want what I have to offer to you? The miracle that he has for your life would take you to places that you could never dream or imagine. Would you close your eyes for a second? Because I feel the presence of God in this place. When you depend on your weaknesses to define you or your successes to fulfill you, then you paralyze yourself at the edge of the miracle God has for you. For too long, many here may have depended on others to make them happy, others to make you feel complete. You've depended on others for your breakthrough. We've depended on settling for less rather than God's best. Not trusting Him for the miracle we need to experience true healing. But the time has come for change. The time has come to hear the voice of Jesus asking, Do you want to get well? Your destiny does not rest in someone else's hand. Your future does not rest in someone else's hands. Your family does not rest in someone else's hands. Your destiny, future, and family rest in the hands of the one who loves you, saved you, redeemed, and healed you. My friends, the time has come to let go of your excuses and move beyond your conditional living. And step into the miraculous life that God has for you today. Would you all stand to your feet? And can we be sensitive to the Lord for just a moment? We've seen so many miracles happen in this past year, in the past two years really. Miracles that would just leave your mouth hanging open because we're living in a time of the miraculous. But I feel that we're not just living in the time of seeing miracles, physical miracles happen. We're living in a time where God is asking His church to step in the miraculous in such a way 
that our very lives become miracles. That we become a church that walk in the gifts of the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. That we become a church that whenever they see us, they say, that is the miracle church. And I've been behind this pulpit so many times that I've sent so many things and I've prophesied things and I see it and I hear it and I feel it. And I ask the Lord and I ask Sister Burke also, is there something that you'd like for me to speak on? And she said, I trust you, friend. And my husband asked me on the way over here, do you have a word? And I said, I do because I feel that the Lord wants for me to say something. I feel that you're sitting at the edge the edge of something so dynamic and supernatural that if some of you would just stand up and walk there's no telling what would happen and today I'm not going to call you out I could but I'm not going to Because I feel that if you take a step of faith, if you pick up your own mat and you walk, that your step of faith as you walk towards your destiny that as God sees this step of faith Not only will you break generational curses, but the windows of heaven will open and unprecedented favor will flow on your life and on the ministry that you still might not have yet, but has been waiting for you to step into. There's something pivotal and significant happening in the spirit world right now. And you could be a part of it. Today Jesus is standing before you, my friends. And he's asking the simple question. Do you want to get well? Every hand raised in the building, if you would. Onda ya kalari onda ya shonda ria la ria onda ya ka 
That's it, church. Would you please continue to pray? Would you lift your voices in prayer as God does what He needs to do right now? In the name of Jesus.